Welcome to the Waitressing to Wealth podcast, the podcast to gain actionable tips, learn how to build your wealth, and gain inspiration from real and relatable guests on how they've built theirs. I'm your host, Jolene Stone, a money coach. I started my journey out waitressing and $200,000 in debt. I was able to build my wealth and become debt-free in just three years. Your journey to wealth starts now. Welcome, Caitlin. I am absolutely so excited to have you on. For those of you who do not know, Caitlin Alyssa is the founder and creative director behind Studio Cali. With over seven years of corporate experience working with editorial brands, she brings a mix of unique creativity and strategy to the table when it comes to brand building. You can think of Caitlin as your chief brand officer. She is on a mission to empower millennials and the modern entrepreneur to build everlasting brands so that they can achieve the lifestyle they have been dreaming about. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you. We've been talking about this conversation for so long and I'm so happy that it's finally happening. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. So I know a little bit about your story, of course, but I would love for you to let our listeners know how you got started in design and in the online space. Sure. So, I mean, I've been a creative at heart all my life, um, but when it was time to go to college, I was told that an art degree is not going to make you a living. So I decided to go to school for marketing, started my career really working in fashion. And through that, I was even told by an old boss, like as a fashion designer, you would only make $10 an hour. Like it's not going to pay the bills, all of that. So I've heard that my entire life. And so I stuck with fashion and sales. And then I moved into interior design just because I, that was like a design. I, I needed something else. And that's like a design career that people say you can make money in. But the reason you can make money in that career is because there's literally no boundaries. So <laughs> after working in that industry for a couple of years and then going through the loss of my brother, I realized that like I needed something different. I was pretty su- successful in interior design. Um, it was still kind of a sales job because I worked off commission and was promoted to a studio manager. But after two months, I just realized that this is not for me. This is not the career path I want to go down. So I kind of quit cold turkey picked up a waitressing job while I started my business because I knew at the time, like as I was researching it, entrepreneurship just seemed right to me. And it's kind of in my blood with um, a few family members. So it's been a long journey. We've done a lot of pivots, but I realized that what I really enjoy most about working in the fashion and interior design industry is building brands, specifically like elevated or luxury brands that literally, I mean, they charge can charge more, but there's a lot of reasoning that goes into that. So um, I noticed it was something that was missing from the online space. And so now here I am. (laughs) Yay. That's amazing. Your journey has been so crazy. I love that your journey also included waitressing. Could you talk a little bit on how it benefited you and helped you to get where you are today? Yeah. So, I mean, waitressing honestly was basically like an income source that way. I wouldn't have to worry about income coming into my business right away. Like my job as a studio manager, it was highly stressful. I was working 60 hours a week, but I was only paid on salary. So I wasn't making any more for working all those hours. And so with waitressing, I could literally work on my business during the day and then work nights and weekends to still be able to pay the bills. I actually ended up (laughs) 
replacing my salary and part-time hours from waitressing. So granted, I worked for a higher-end restaurant, but um, yeah. And also waitressing taught me so much about like branding, like all the way down to like your employees and and, like client experience or guest experience is what we called it. um, And how to like, how operations plays into keeping your brand reputation like positive. Yeah. I love that you got all this little information from every different like industry you worked in, your schooling, all of that. That is so, so cool. And also the fact that you were able to replace your income. So people really shouldn't downgrade waitressing because you can make so much more than like a six-figure earning when you're working literally 60 hours a week and it's just draining you. So well, the difference, yeah, I mean, yeah, the difference is, is that like, you are um, so you're going from a job that literally like here's your pay that's it with something like waitressing or working on commission like you are kind of in control of how much you can make so like it's similar it's similar to entrepreneurship like you know you're only I mean at least we were guaranteed you know in Minnesota it was ten dollars an hour but I made well over that because I just had a good mindset I brought good energy like I gave really good service it's the same thing in entrepreneurship minus the ten dollar an hour guarantee (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so what are some big lessons that you learned from waitressing surrounding your money story I would say that like it's really just believing that anything's possible I mean like my favorite waitressing story is like okay so there was a Saturday night where somebody had called out sick we had this big event like it's a big birthday party a 50th birthday party my boss called me in or asked if I could come in and I was like sure whatever and I had this goal that week to make like an extra 500 bucks um, and I was literally $500 short so I come in I do this party it's like a three-hour shift by the time you know we get set up they eat and everything they drink they leave the husband ends up giving me a $500 tip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, it just really like when you put an intention out there, like you can actually make it happen. Like literally from serving tables, serving bottles of champagne. Like it was honestly the easiest table or party I've ever had in my entire life. And we had a lot of them. Um, so yeah, that was like a big learning lesson. For so me. incredible. Almost like manifestation too. Because you were like, I need this $500. Where's it going to come from? And then someone calls in sick and they're like, hey, Caitlin, can you come in? (laughs) Here's your $500. (laughs) That's incredible. I love that. When it comes to design and branding, what do you believe are the most important aspects to standing out online? or in like any industry? I would say innovation. So I see a lot of people almost like following in the shadows of someone else when it comes to their branding. And then it causes them to not feel like super authentic and confident in their brands because they're literally following in somebody else's shadow. And entrepreneurship is not meant to be like that. We're not following or climbing a corporate ladder. We're making our own path. So really getting to the root of like, why you're selecting your brand design, your brand's messaging, what is the vision for your brand? Like, where do you see this taking you in 10 years? Yeah, I would say that's the biggest mistake. And then like lack of consistency, like getting shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. And because like you see a new font somebody else is using, you change your font to that because you like it. And then the next week you're changing it to something else or like not using a consistent color palette. So like whatever you do, do it consistently and make sure it feels authentic to you. And not even the fact of like innovation, but if you're just like 
Oh, I like that. And I like that. I like that. That's not really getting down to the root cause of like why you're doing something or your mission behind your business. So I love that you bring that up as well. We have a shared experience with investing online. I would love for you to tell the audience how to make sure that they're making a good investment. Ooh, this is a hard one. I would say don't do it from a place of scarcity because when I made a few investments, I was doing it from a place of scarcity, hoping that this person could help me, you know, get ahead. And I would just say, like, make sure it's something that actually is going to benefit you in more ways than not. So like, for example, if it's somebody who has connections that you would want to connect with, like, cool, invest in them, get to know them, like work with them. If it's not, like, don't do it. If they don't have a community that you foresee yourself wanting to be a part of, like, then I don't do it. So just keep that 10 year vision in mind. And if they don't fit into that 10 year vision, like if you can't see yourself having a relationship with them 10 years from now, like I don't invest. Yeah. Those are such great points too. And also thinking about like when you're making a good investment, do you see that as your vision for yourself? So yeah. are you going to invest in like a car, for example, <laughs> are you, do you see yourself driving that car in 10 years from now? Because like, maybe you're planning on having a family and it's like, has two seats is that a good car like is that a good investment for you in the long term or do you just need a mode of transportation right now and do you have to figure it out later (laughs) yeah I was just talking to my fiance about this because he's like in this career path switch and he was like um, he is like thinking about like what's going to make him the most money right now but not thinking about what is going to make him the most money in the long run like he's like I want to make more money right now so I'm sticking with this job I hate because it pays me more right now when he could really take us take you know even just a dollar less per hour and go and do something that he that actually in a year he could make five dollars more per hour you know what I mean always thinking about it in the the long term not just what's going to serve you right now because otherwise you're just going to keep living in your reality that you're in right now yeah all these different steps of figuring out what pros and cons obviously but also just like seeing that full-on vision to what makes sense. (laughs) In that same sense, I would love for you to talk on the ruthlessness for prices in the online space, and then any tips on ensuring that you're going to get a good value out of your investment. So what do you look for? or just any tips in general? So I would say like really look at the ROI of it. So like in the real like marketing world or any world, right? You do like a price comparison of um, what is actually out there. What is the market charging and what is like the ROI of that price? So like, for example, in the online space, you see a lot of people who promote like boxer support or like, material review or like reviewing your material those things are all things that are pretty standard so like somebody isn't necessarily shouldn't necessarily have to pay more because that's kind of like your job as like a coach or consultant or a service provider so like don't overvalue those things like really think about like your experience or the other person's experience and price it based off of that because that's the quality that somebody's going to get. So if you're a coach or consultant or service provider who is literally just hopping on 30 minute calls and you're not doing any client or content review done for your work, you know, you're not giving them access to courses or anything like that. Like you're going to obviously charge less than the person who is giving out done for you work. Um, because there's more hours and time that goes into that. I'm not a fan of pricing by the hour, but I do think that like your actual deliverables and experience need to be 
factored in in the online space. So I don't know if that answers your question. I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but no, that's perfect. I love that you brought up the fact of like thinking of it in a sense of like, what are you getting and what makes it stand out? So what's makes it different? Like if you're just getting Voxer support from so-and-so and and you're getting Voxer support from someone else and their prices triple the amount, then it's obviously not worth it. And what is going to bring that value ahead, really? (laughs) Like what is more valuable in that sense? Like what can they bring to the table that you don't have? So do you have any tips of like, say someone's sifting through a bunch of different investments and like how they can tell what might be a good investment? So I think word of mouth is just going to take over. I mean, it already kind of has, but like, don't be afraid to look at some of these testimonials and go and look at the people that they've actually served and figure out what their story is. So like, for example, with a coach that I once upon a time invested in, um, she bragged about a client hitting a 10k month in like the first 90 days or whatever well that client already had an audience of 7,000 people and I didn't do my research to realize that that like that's why because she already had an audience of people so like don't be afraid to go and do that research word of mouth from past clients are huge like current coach I'm working with reason why I invested in her is because one of my friends in the branding and website design space went through the same program and she actually had a good experience. So like, and just for like business owners to know yourself, like keep in mind what other people are saying about you. Um, also looking at what their employees have to say, like if you're going to go and um, work with like something like a marketing agency or social media management, like if they have employees or contractors that work under them, what are they saying? That's another thing too, that I've learned in the last couple of months. Uh, 100%. <laughs> I love that you talk about this in a sense of like, doing your research but then also I feel like it totally ties back into like your experience waitressing and your experience in like your corporate job because you're like how can you make that best experience whether it's from the point of view of the guest or the customer to the future client so are they treating their employees right are they paying their employees like a good wage so many things and then also do just doing your research and figuring out and going back and looking. I think that's so important. And then seeing those testimonials and verifying them. So making sure that they're legitimate or if that person or coach has gotten those results for that person, or if they did all the work on their own too. And like, look at the person's background too. Like in that example with the 10K coach, that client had a marketing background. So like she knew a lot of this stuff already. So like doing like, what did that client bring to the table as well? Like when you're researching testimonials, I go on all day about this because I've seen like, now that I've like done my research, I even do my research on people who I'm going to work with. And I'm like, I've, I've caught like people using like fake testimonials like it's still happening and it's just it's not okay so I think that's why word of mouth like actual word of mouth and like video testimonials are going to take over because there's just so much the online space is still the wild wild west yeah put it blank and simple (laughs) oh for sure and not even that but like the authenticity of it so you can have someone put out a video testimonial and they could be like oh I'm kind of feeling obligated to do this because so-and-so told me to or whatever it is but then in the same sense of going up and asking them some strategic questions that you want to know and finding the good results and just like literally calling their references kind of deal. (laughs) And that's so important. I love that you even do that with your clients to make sure they're a good fit too. Do you have any like specific tips of like, 
what you're looking for. Google can tell you a lot of things. So like, I'll go and Google their name. I mean, it sounds creepy, but at the same time, like, we have to protect our brand reputations. Like, I would never want to work with somebody who, you know, five years down the line, comes out to be a scam and my name's attached to that brand. So it's all about managing your reputation too. Like you don't want to be associated with people who um, are like that. So, and, and if you have worked with somebody who like, you're like, man, like maybe I shouldn't have just disconnect yourself. Like you don't need to follow them anymore. Just move on. But from here on out, like you have to keep in mind, like who you're associating yourself with, because that all plays into how you're being perceived in the market. So Google, yeah. Instagram, um, searching the names of people with their testimonials. But I mean, Google will tell you a lot, like just looking up somebody's name, like on like white pages or something, you know, like I found somebody who was literally has like lawsuits against them just by Google. So it was a good <laughs> thing to You're research like, at the time. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I'd love to know, like stepping off of this and going in the same direction basically I would love to know your take on how to identify a good branding fit sure so from the client side like going and looking at somebody's branding it's not just about their visual branding I mean obviously if it's something you're attracted to and you're aligned to like go for it like think about why you buy certain things like I just did a post on the vitamin industry like when you go and look for a vitamin like what do you naturally graduate gravitate towards so same thing when you go and look at somebody's Instagram account what do you naturally gravitate towards and then um, another thing with video is like from video you can sense somebody's energy so like watching their videos is that something that you align with is it somebody that hypes you up or puts you down when they when you watch their videos so I think video is going to be huge for brands coming soon for me what I do is I ask somebody like what are their values because I don't our aesthetics don't need to align right away but like their values are like my most important thing so what do they value how easygoing are they like I am somebody that is not going to answer my phone at 10 p.m like I've got balance in my life so like if they are somebody like you can't, t- I can't tell you how many times I've gotten like an interior designer come to me, no offense to interior designers, but it's just how the industry is who like expect me to be available 24 seven. And it's just like, that's, I left that industry for that reason. So like, yeah, values. And then I'll get on a call with them. And if the energy feels right, if we seem to like, you know, branding is a very collaborative process. So if we can work together on the call, um, from the discovery call to come up with a package that fits them together we do that then absolutely it's a slam dunk if it's them telling me what they need to what they need and like there's no like but here's what might make sense from my end like if that's not received well then I'm not going to work with that person so and then on a newer entrepreneur side what I would say is read the contract how many revisions are involved because if there are no revisions like I can't tell you how many times I see this with brand designers, but they always design for themselves and what they think is going to look good and not for the actual entrepreneur themselves. Like at the end of the day, it's still your brand. You are in control. Yes, we're the expert to help support you, but it's like having a mindset coach tell you that you have to do this meditation every single day in order to achieve your goals, but you absolutely hate the voice of the person doing the meditation. So <laughs> like make sure, read the contract. Second thing is look at the deliverables. Do you actually need all of the deliverables? 
that's another thing I see in the industry is like, we don't need five logos in the online space. You need two at most. So look at that. Like, what are you actually paying for in the package? Um, and then again, just get, don't be afraid to get on the call with them and just feel them out. You can always say no, if it's not a good fit, go ahead. Like if they're authentic, they will tell you it's not a good fit. Yeah, exactly. Those are some great tips and things I'm sure some people need to hear and probably some people (laughs) have wished they would have known sooner. So what do you think are the biggest mistakes online business owners are making fully with their branding? Not having a brand strategy or not understanding what branding really is. So your brand is not your logo and you don't need to fit everything into your logo because your logo is not your brand. Um, So this is a big one that I see where people feel like they need to have all these icons in their logo, like a personal trainer needing dumbbells and fruits and vegetables in their logo. It's like, nope, that your logo is not your brand. It's just something that builds brand recognition. So um, keeping it simple, like literally using an interesting typography to uh, make your logo and keep it simple. Like if we think about Target, it's literally a red circle and Target typed out in the most simple font you can possibly find. Yeah, so I said this in the beginning, but not being consistent, like not just sticking with something and being consistent, like get it to a place where you feel that this is good enough, this represents me and my brand. Like your design will never feel perfect because you are not a designer. So just be accepting of that. And when the time comes where it's right to invest in a brand designer, then you can have it be you know, this perfect fit. But if you're DIYing it, don't get hung up in and run in circles with your logo, your color palette and your fonts. Just pick something and do it consistently. And then remember that your brand strategy is really the most important part. So what I mean by that is, you know, your values as a brand, what do you value? Because if you don't have your values figured out, it's going to be really hard for you to find clients who you align with. Um, Having your vision clarified, A lot of people say it's your mission or your why that keeps you going in business. I think it's your vision, like being able to see that end goal. Um, So clarifying that and then, you know, your brand messaging and your target audience. How are you going to attract those people into your business? Those are all way more important than your visual aesthetic. So, and then those all define how your visual aesthetic is going to look. So getting clear on those is going to be like the number one thing and it's the biggest mistake I see people making is they kind of like disconnect the two like they look at Mm -hmm. all of the stuff I talked about as like a marketing strategy um but really that's your brand strategy and they're very very intertwined yeah for sure I've seen so many online entrepreneurs just like on Instagram or like wherever and it's just all over the place (laughs) and it's hard to follow sometimes even just like a million different colors or they switch like every two months and you're like wait is this the same person or what are they doing now so I love that you brought up the fact of consistency and the brand recognition yeah. because you do the same thing over and over again people are going to know notice like oh this is so-and-so without even knowing without even seeing their username right yeah there's a lot of psychology that goes into that like your brain can visit like read colors faster than it can read any text so like thinking about that like if somebody knows that you have good content and they see your color palette come up in there um in there while they're scrolling on instagram they're gonna stop and read it because they're gonna associate your color palette with good valuable content so there's a lot that goes into it i was gonna say too like we hear a lot of coaches say that a brand and website is not necessary not necessary to build a successful business but 
a brand new website gets you in the door. So kind of like what you were saying about like, it's hard to follow that sometimes. Well, yeah, if you land on an account and it's all over the place and you have no idea who this person is, they might have a lot of value, but they might turn their head away because it just, it feels chaotic and a value of a lot of millennials right now is simplicity, minimalism. So keeping things consistent and cohesive is becoming even more important. Yeah. And not even that, but like generationally, I think too, it's more about like having that aesthetic. Like there are so many Pinterest (laughs) boards and like YouTube channels that are all about, oh, I made my iPhone aesthetically pleasing or follow this tutorial on how to make this aesthetic or whatever it may be. But people value that. And I think too, it's so important because not only it shows like, like a sense of like put togetherness, but also a sense of clarity and a sense of knowing themselves, a sense of their vision too. If you're all over the place, it's like, oh, are you going in one direction? Or are you going in another? Or like, what is even happening? So It's hard for somebody to like align themselves to you if it's not clear. So like then what we, what I was talking about with like how I decide if a client is the right fit for me, like if it's unclear, I can't align myself to that person or I can't see how this person, how I can help this person. So think about it that way too. Yeah. And your audience can't grow with you. Like I think a big thing, like building a successful business it all comes down to like having that repeat business too, like to help maintain your bottom line. And if you're constantly like, not to say that changing directions is a bad thing. I pivoted like 5,000 times in the first year of business. <laughs> um, but like somebody who's been in business for five years, if you're constantly like changing your target audience and like doing something new every six months, your buyer can't rebuy from you. And so you're not building that bottom line to your, um, your business because you're not having that repeat business. So um, I think client retention and like having them buy, having the next product or program ready for them after they've graduated the last one with you is going to be key as we walk into 2022 to be able to build that sustainability. Exactly. That's so important. Oh, I love that we're talking about this. Okay. Let's say one of our audience members is just starting out on their entrepreneurial journey. What advice would you give them? Yeah. So I would say that you, the first thing to do again is like get really clear on your vision, where you're headed and where you see this brand taking you. Um, And by brand, we really mean business. Um, If you're not building a brands you're not really building a business um so that's why I keep like stressing the importance of like brand and vision um so get clear on that and then again get clear on your values because that's going to help you make purchase decisions investment decisions if somebody doesn't align with your values you can easily be like you know what that doesn't fit and move on to the next one um and then getting really clear on like your voice and your messaging so what are you going to take a stand on within your industry, or maybe it's a, um, you know, something rooted in your story that you want to help make an impact on. Like for me, for an example, it is making an impact on the suicide rates across millennials because of the story with my brother, um, which I didn't really share on this podcast, but long story, he passed away by suicide. So I want to help make an impact there. So like sharing those things can help other people then align themselves to you. You have no idea how many people will private message me and say, oh my gosh, my sister, my aunt, my, you know, like it's almost like everybody knows somebody who's been affected by that and it Mm -hmm. helps people connect. And then for the visual side of it, 
pick a color palette, literally black, white, and then maybe like an accent color to keep it simple um, and stick with it, stay consistent. And then, yeah, like I said, just pick like one to two fonts and use those consistently while you're getting started. Usually people aren't ready for a brand, like a, a big brand investment until they're like one to two years in business. So exactly. Doing and what then you they can have, now. yeah, exactly. Cause then they have so much more clarity too, of like what they want their business to be, go forward, their vision, their mission, literally everything. So yeah, that's perfect. Okay. So do you have any tips for our listeners regarding your finances or their finances? Maybe something that you wished you learned sooner or? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, okay. You just posted about this, but this is like one of my favorite quotes, but it's not about how much money you make. It's about what you do with that money. So that's something I've really learned is it's not about hitting the 10 K month. It's about what do you have right now and how can you use that money to catapult you forward um, towards that bigger vision? So like, that's what I've been trying to keep in mind. Also, another thing is if you have debt, any debt, student debt, keep this in mind every dollar that you pay off or every penny that you pay off is literally like a 10 to 30% return on investment because of the interest rate. So, and that's like the best investment, like the best ROI you can get from investing. So really prioritizing paying off your debt as a creative. I have a lot. So (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So important. So I know of course, all about your brand consulting and so I'd love for you to tell our listeners all about it how they can access it and all the details yeah so this is basically um I customize the time frame depending on what somebody needs and what deliverables they need at the end but it's basically like a coaching and consulting hybrid program where we work through what your brand strategy um it's exactly what you and I did before the design process so um it's something that I think is really necessary before investing in a design, because if you don't have clarity on all the things that we've talked about, it can be really hard for a designer to recreate what you want if there's no rhyme and reason behind it. So I created it basically because I was seeing this problem in the industry where um, you know, somebody would work with a designer and it wouldn't turn out how they wanted to. And after doing a lot of market research into it, I realized that, well, a lot of times entrepreneurs aren't doing the strategy work beforehand. So with my marketing background. That's so perfect. And it's so helpful to know all the behind the scenes stuff, what you're getting and how you can make a good investment. And I'm sure you will. So where can the guests find you? I will of course leave the details and the links in the show notes, but where are you hanging out? So um, Instagram is probably the number one place to find me. Uh, the handle is at studio.cali, K-A-L-Y. Um, and then obviously my website too, which is just studiocali.com. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Waitressing to Wealth podcast. To support the show and show your gratitude, we would be so happy if you shared it with your friends and tagged us on Instagram at Jolene Stone. Subscribe so you never miss a valuable episode.